Welcome to LIFE, which is Living Intentionally for Empowerment. My name is Viviana Fullwood, and we will be talking about some life matters. I chose the word matters instead of issues because the word issue tends to have a negative undertone. We're here to discuss some real life matters, and we will have many topics such as the relationship between mothers and sons, fathers and sons, academics, marriage, divorce, dating, entrepreneurship, athletics, the dynamics of blended families, and any other topics that have to do with life. One of the topics that we will be talking about today is blended families, and we have Coach Daniels with us today to discuss blended families. And just to give you a little bit of background about Coach James Daniel, um, he has been at the helm of Phoebus High School basketball program since 2005, where his team has won six out of five district titles. Prior to becoming the head coach at Phoebus, he worked as an assistant coach for the Christopher Newport University Lady Captains. During his tenure at CNU, the Lady Captains took first place in the Dixie Conference and he coached Karen Barefoot, an All-American guard who is now the head coach of Lady Monarchs at ODU. He also served as an assistant coach at Bethel High School in Hampton, Virginia. As an assistant at Bethel, the Bruins won a state championship and produced All-American point guard NBA star Allen Iverson. At Phoebus, Coach Daniel has helped numerous players attend Division I, Division II, and Division III programs. His direction for his program has been steadfast. His student athletes are able to attend college and play on the next level because he promotes both academic achievement and sports excellence. The program is structured to encourage academics, hard work, sportsmanship, and teamwork. Last season, Coach Daniel had 100% achievement in sending the seniors to college. In the last 10 years, every player ha that has played for Coach is now playing either junior college, Division I, Division II, or Division III schools and professionally. Coach attended Stonewall Jackson High School, St. Leo College, and Strayer University, where he earned his MBA. And just in case that wasn't enough, Coach also played basketball in Europe for three years and is the founder and owner of the company Ball Up BU, where he gives numerous clinics and has helped many students succeed on and off the court. Coach Daniels and his wife Wendy have five children 
Carmen, Brian, James III, Bryce, and Christopher. So one of the topics that we're gonna talk about today, Coach, is the blended families. And I know you and Wendy have a blended family. And just to give you some statistics that I pulled up this week, they say that a third of American families are blended. And also, 43% of the children are growing up without fathers. So I know you're passionate about these two topics, and I wanted to kind of get some input from you as to some maybe some pivotal decisions that you and Wendy have had to make throughout your years of having a blended family and what has made your blended family successful. Well, thank you, Viviana, for inviting me. I would like to say a blended family, first of all, takes work. You have to have one, and this is the main thing, you have to have a commitment to God because you both and the children have to have a central focus that you can go to when things get tough, and they're going to get tough. Two, you have to have an understanding um, in reference to what's important. What do you think is important? I think the success that Wendy and myself relationship has been, we understood from the very beginning the kids come first, your biological kids. For those who go into a marriage in a blended family and think, you know, my husband is going to come first and they put the kids second, I think they're making a great mistake. Because deep down, that is your biological son or daughter and you're going to put them first. You, in your priorities in reference to seeing them through, regardless of the um, relationship they have with the significant other. And the reason is because when you get divorced, it takes a lot for the kids to recover in reference to the new parent, the old, their past parent, the new relationships that's being built. So they are, they are navigating through a whole lot of different emotions, feelings, um, psychological changes in their life how people raise their kids different. So I think you have to have an understanding with that significant other that that kid comes first. Not that you don't love them, but that kid has a limited time with you. It could be five, six years. And if you don't put them first, then they'll fall off to the side, in my opinion. And you have to have an understanding. Hey, I love you, but if I have to do something for my son, that takes priority. And I think you have to have that mindset, but y'all both have to have the mindset, and it's a good thing. You know, it's just the direction that you're going to for your life, for your kids, and at the end of the day, you want peace. You don't want your husband to be or your wife to be saying, oh, you put the kids first, you don't love me. No, I told you I'm putting them first. You know, on both sides. And we've had situations where, you know, my wife and I, Wendy, We've had situations that she had to go and visit her son who was living in Indiana without me. I had to go to Georgia or to North Carolina without Wendy and deal with my past just as she did. And we got to be comfortable in trusting each other that everything is going to work out. Because at the end of the day, both of us can't go to everywhere for all the kids. So, but you end up coming to a situation where you grow with your kids and you have a trust with your kids and you have a trust with your stepson or daughter. And when you get to that stage where they trust you like a parent and a friend, then it takes care of itself. 
then you're looking at them like they're part of your responsibility also. And now they become priority, but it has to be something that fits naturally. It can't be something that you try to make fit. I want you to be a, a father figure to my son. No, find a father. Let him be the father figure. Let that new relationship fit naturally, comfortably, and let it grow. Just like if they wasn't there, if they're there now, and you can't be upset, well, you never take my son, you never take my daughter to practice, you never do this. Act like they're not there. Sooner or later, they'll start coming around and fulfilling that role that you maybe want. And it goes back to the old saying, who, who do you trust? Like, you really, only person you can trust is yourself. Because you can't, and really sometimes it's hard to trust yourself. If you really be honest with yourself and say, my past, I've done some things that has not been good for our relationships, for my son's or daughter relationship. So when you're looking at trust factor and, and what you're expecting out of somebody, I would say with blended families in particular, you have to really just kind of like be honest and open. I think those who don't be honest and open from, from the very beginning have difficulties because the kids are a major factor in being a successful family. That makes sense. So I, some of the keywords that you kind of mentioned that I'm big on is expectations, right? Expectations yes. and being open. So I think we have to be open and have those expectations and let our partner know about the expectations. Because I think sometimes we set ourselves set, set ourselves up for failure because we have an expectation. And when the expectation is not met, we tend to be upset at the other person. But we really should be upset at ourselves for, for having that expectation or not communicating that expectation. If you communicate the expectation and you're honest and you're open and the other person communicates back that says, hey, I can't meet that expectation. I can't do it. And we've had this conversation. My wife and I just mentioned that sometimes she would travel to Mississippi and go see him play and I couldn't do it. Oh, you, you should come with me to show him the sport. I can't come. And when you're open and you're honest, you, you come to an understanding, you come to a peace in your relationship, because then you'll be like, the person who is most open in their relationship is the person that's most at peace. Most, mm -hmm. most men are quiet in their relationship, and then they're the ones who get mostly, at the end of the day, it builds up, and they're the, they're, they're the ones who really are mad. And they're the ones who walk around frustrated because they can't communicate how they feel or what's important to them in a rightful manner. You know, when I, I saw Blended Family, I thought about this. When we first got married in our Blended Family, I always say the smarter one in the relationship has to be the humble one. Mm. What do I mean by that? I'll give you an example. So I would think my wife is a little bit more smarter. She's a little bit more analytical than I am. She thinks her way through things. I'm more spontaneous. I'm jumping through the hoops. And when we first got married in our blended family, when it came to decision-making, she would always say, you know, you're the man giving me the respect. What do you think? Well, I'm spontaneous. I'm doing this. Wow, after about two or three times, I'm like, this is not working. I'm making too many mistakes for this family. 
she's the smart one. Right. So what happened? About three times, three or four times later, she says, hey, what do you think? This is a major decision. I'm like, no, what do you think? Then I realized that it was a team. But if she didn't give me that role, if she didn't allow me to make some mistakes without criticizing me, without just jumping out and doing themselves, I would have never came to a common ground with her on major decisions that I do now, even for myself. I'll call her. Hey, Wendy, what do you think? Because I know she's very smart. So some people say, oh man, you got to check in with your wife. No, I just want to make the best decision for my family. Anything I do financially, emotionally, spiritually, anything I do affects us. So I just learned that you have to have patience, but I think, and what I'm saying is you have, the smarter one in the relationship has to realize they have to be humble enough to allow the one who may be not making the best decisions to make mistakes and be okay with the mistakes, not criticize them all the time, not judge them all the time, let them grow with you. And then sooner or later they'll realize, wow, you know what? I got a good wife or I got a good husband. Because it's part of the process. It's part of the process. It's part of the process. And I think sometimes, especially as women, we tend to be a little bit more judgmental if you guys make a mistake. But I know um, in talking to Wendy one time, she said, Viviana, sometimes you just have to kind of sit back and watch, right? So she said, you put your request in and then you see if it happens or if it doesn't happen, right? But sometimes because we kind of run at the mouth a little bit, it, it kind of comes back against us instead of just sitting. And it's the same thing with our children because we do it with our children sometimes. And that's one of the topics that we'll talk about in another show, you know, the relationship between, between moms and sons because a lot of us as moms, we tend to kind of just do and solve problems. But it's better if we really want to teach them, we give them a scenario and then we tell them, hey, what do you think? What would you do, right? Let's think it through. Um, teenagers, you know, their brain is not completely developed. Ours is. So it's as parents, us being able to have that flexibility with them and that patience and to understand that they're not fully developed. And the same thing, they have to understand that they're not fully developed and they have to hear wisdom from us. And I think sometimes when you have blended families like yours, where you can just accept that this is Wendy's past and Wendy has to accept that this is your past and how can we bring those pasts to come together today and work? And I think sometimes that's the challenge of that we don't necessarily, because we can communicate, but if we don't have respect for each other of where we come from and what are what the objectives are, then maybe problems come up. Well, not only um, that you have to realize that you raised your son or daughter differently than your current spouse. When I first started dating Wendy, Bryce went to public school and when he went to a I'm sorry he went to a private school and my son went to a public school so I had to adapt to Bryce's understanding of how he did his work compared to how my son had previously did his like Bryce will come home with tons and tons of homework Jay will come home with very little they would both sit at the table. Jay would be done in 10 minutes. Bryce takes an hour and a half. So that took some adjustment with me because I would have them on a planned schedule to like do some sports after their homework or something to that degree. So, and, and she raised him different. 
She didn't spank him. She more fussed at him a lot. I wasn't a big fusser. So I believe, like, if I got to tell you two or three times, you're going to get a spanking. You with right. me? <laughs> so... Our, our relationship, how we raised our kids were totally different. So we had to blend that together, you know, so the kids would feel comfortable in the house. I couldn't have Bright. I couldn't be spanking Jay all the time for something I wouldn't spank Bright's for. Correct. You know, because it has to be some type of fairness. You know, Wendy couldn't do something for Bryce that she's done in the past because she was a single mom. She would buy him a lot of things. And I was just, no, the boys, they, they got to earn what they get. We just not going to the store and buying things. So that was taken away from Bryce, kind of like coming into Jay. So it's just constantly so blending the parenting styles. Yeah. The discipline styles. The discipline. The discipline. So, okay. So tell me a little bit about how important is it to have a good relationship with the ex? So your relationship with Wendy's ex and Wendy's relationship with your ex. How does that work? Wow. This is remarkable. The men do a much better job than women. Okay. I have, I have, um, I was married and I had a child also after I was married. So I deal with two mothers in reference to that. And their significant others, we're like the best of friends. I mean, we call each other. If I put up the phone and call um, Bryce's father right now or uh, Chris's father, we're the best of friends. Matter of fact, I was a marriage counselor to one of them, mm. you know, the whole family. So we was like... So you were the marriage counselor for your ex-wives? Yes, for their relationship. Their relationship. You know, he's okay. calling me, oh, man, <laughs> what do you think, J.D.? So, I mean, but I knew that in order for the kids to be comfortable. I had to develop a relationship. No matter, and almost it was good because I got a great wife. Bye-bye mm -hmm. pass. <laughs> so I, I'm, I'm like, I want them to be happy. The more happy they are, the more peace I am. So, you know, so I said, okay, let me develop a great relationship with uh, Mark, with Dennis. And now it's like we become a bigger family. You know, however, on the flip side, the women never crossed that line. They could never, they're cordial. Hello, how are you doing? But for some reason, I don't know, they never crossed the lines to say, okay, let's try to be, at least be friends. Like me and the guys, we're friends. <laughs> wow, that's dynamic. And it makes it uh, healthier. It does. For the children. It does. And they have a greater support. They feel a greater support coming from different directions. But you know what it is, Viviana, now that I'm thinking about it? This is what it is with mothers. Mothers are very nature. Nurturing. nurturing. Mm -hmm. Very nurturing, comforting. And when Bryce would come back home and say something about his father's wife, oh, she don't treat me fair. Wendy would go up in a tinsy. Like, then she would have, she's not a good person. She's not a good mom. Different with the dad is if Christopher came back and says, oh, well, Dennis, Dennis is going to spank me. He didn't spank you? What'd you do? I would call Dennis and say, Dennis, do you have a problem? Christopher crossed the line. He should have got the worst spanking in the world. If he ever do it again, wear his butt out. 
Like, don't use me as a crutch to say, oh, you know, I don't, he's not my son. No, I'm telling you, please tear him up. So I knew I had to partner with them. The women don't partner up. Mm-hmm. If they get some negative from the other woman, they automatically, ah. So I think that kind of hinders the relationships with the women is the kids and what they talk about with the, each other. So is this something that you were good at or do you, do you know other men that are like you or most are you saying most men do handle it the way that you handled it? Well, the men I deal in my relationship in my lifetime, I think we handle it well. You know, I think it gets to a point where the only men that don't handle it well is the, feel, is the fact that they felt they lost something and they still want a relationship or someone's trying to be a father to their son and you know those type of scenarios so self-esteem type of yeah issues. self-esteem issues gotcha okay um tell me about the dynamics between um so you have three children and wendy has one yes right so Wendy has a son and you have two boys and a daughter. Yes. What about uh, the relation? Because I think sometimes um, let's, I'm, I'm divorced yes. and I'm dating someone and I have two sons. Mm-hmm. So I think sometimes it's easier in my mind. It's easier that I have boys. If I had a girl, it would be different for the mate, the new mate to kind of mm-hmm. have a relationship with the girl. So I wonder how does that work in reference to the, the, the gender difference? Ten years ago, I would say it mattered how people thought. You have so many men now that are so proud to be daddy girls that I think it's changed totally. I think it doesn't matter anymore. I think um, a stepfather or stepmother coming in with the opposite gender would be just as comfortable as with the regular gender. Gotcha. And how, what if you could tell um, men one thing, the, the new person that comes into the picture, what is one advice that you would give them in reference to building a relationship with those stepchildren? Be patient. Be patient. Stay in your lane as much as you can in in reference to your frustrations. Um, And the reason I say that because a lot of times how you raise your son is not how they would have raised them. And because it's such a difference, they get frustrated and they want to take a bigger role too fast and which makes the situation worse. So I would tell them up front, listen, it's going to be some things you're going to disagree with how I raise my sons or what I may say to them or how I get their other significant, my ex-wife or husband involved in situations that you feel that I should be involving you. I know you're going to feel that way. And if you feel that way, please share it with me, but never in front of my kids. Correct. Okay. So just kind of taking your time, not rushing. Like, for example, my kids play basketball. So if my significant other doesn't want to go to basketball games, I should be okay with the fact that he doesn't want to come to basketball basketball games yet. Absolutely. I, should, Absolutely. I need to be okay with that. And even if he never goes, mm-hmm. you should be fine. He's He's marrying you, and he wants to be with you. The kids are a bonus, but you're going to have some guys that be like, I'll take them. I'll go. i do this. But if he decides he don't want to go, I don't feel good. I don't want to go. I'm tired. Okay, have a good day. See you later. 
Gotcha. Yeah. That makes sense. So, uh, so we have to talk about basketball because your background is yes. in basketball. So I want to know what is your um, feedback in reference to making sure that our youth today is, whether you're in a blender family or not, but how important is um, athletics to uh, to young people today, not just the fact that it makes them athletic or fit, but what other capacities does um, athletics assist a family that is blended or not? But just for the for the kids themselves. When I am going back to the blended fam, I bring it together. When Wendy and I first got together, I told her I'd never punish the boys in athletics for any reason. And she was she didn't understand why, because she said this is something they really love. And if we punish them, then they will turn it around. I said, but how many things in life is going to teach you discipline? It's going to teach you hard work. It's going to teach you how to recover when you fail. It's going to teach you that in the, in the midst of everything, it's going to be pressure. And how do you deal with pressure? And you're going to make mistakes at times, and you're going to get better, and you're going to get better. So it teaches you all these life lessons that you get for them just being a part of a team, how to take directions, how to be a leader of your peers, how to be a follower of your peers. So all these intangibles that it teaches you in sports, I just think it's invaluable for the growth of an individual. So I would always suggest that you have your child involved in something 24 seven. Gotcha. Yeah, it does work with adversity. I have a 15-year-old and a 10-year-old, and both my kids play basketball, and they have um, different personalities. They respond to the sport differently. And one, uh, my oldest son, he tends to be more of a thinker, so he overthinks when he's playing basketball, and he overthinks life. Where my youngest, he just kind of doesn't think, and he just makes decisions. Decisions, And I think sports, um, there was a lady that I was talking to and she was saying that if they look at two resumes and one of the person shows that they were a, a student athlete in high school or in college, they will go with that person versus the other one because it shows that they're able to multitask and be diverse and um, learn the the ability the ability to kind of be high and be low in different places in life. And I think that's crucial. I I. To always tell people that you, they should, whether it's baseball, basketball, track, trumpet, just doing something that is different and not just academics. Um, tell me a little bit about how uh, the COVID-19 can affect this objective of having our kids in athletics and what can we do if sports are not happening? Well, I think, first of all, you, you want to stay in touch with coaches you want to stay in touch with the trainers. I think that um, you have to, it's the mental game now. I explained this to my coaches the other day. I said, listen, you know, we're not Phoebus High School. We're not crossing the line. We're not practicing. We're not going to no secret little gym. We're not doing it. At the end of the day, when I turn this mic in or this whistle in, at the end of the day, my legacy got to be standing for something. And so... I told them then, I says, listen, I don't want to hear that you in the gym and you're doing all this work and you got our boys together. Now, if you want to do a little personal workout for your company, that's fine. Um, so let's teach, let's teach these young, young student athletes some self-initiative, some self-motivation, some drive within, some 
things that they can pull out themselves that can become natural so we can take this negative into a positive. See, because so long we always say, oh, come on, Johnny, come on, Johnny, come on, Johnny. Soon later, Johnny ain't moving until you say, come on, Johnny, come on, Johnny. No, I'm telling all the Johnnies, you got to get moving yourself. At the end of the day, when we meet in January, December, February, it's going to be competition. And somebody is working. Now, are you going to outwork them? Because I told all, I told all my seniors, you have no position. We got some great freshmen coming in. We got some returning guys coming in. Everybody's on an even slate. Who works the hardest will be is going to tell itself. So we talk to them. So we're trying to get them stronger to be self-motivated and some self-discipline so they can drive themselves to be better athletes and students. And I think, you know, I told like I tell the parents, listen, stop waking your son up. Stop waking him up. If he gets up 11 o'clock knowing that there's another kid that gets up at 6 and working hard, that's what you tell him. You know it's about 10 kids that got up at 6 o'clock on Phoebus and they worked hard and you still in bed, where that leaves you? Right, you got to set yourself apart from everybody else. You got to set yourself apart, yourself. And so that's kind of like what we're getting with our boys and we're teaching them. Mm -hmm. doing this. So we try to take this negative and turn it into a positive for the boys, come back stronger than ever. Gotcha. Okay. Uh, and we're almost done, but I just wanted to get one more thing from you is if you could have changed something about your blended family, was that one thing that you would have changed? If I could have changed anything, I would have got everybody together. From the, I would have really been the man that God intended me to be and be the leader of this pack to say, hold, let's bring everybody together, meaning the adults. Let's get a clear understanding what we're trying to accomplish. Like, what is, our, what is our end game? Our end game is to get our kids to get a scholarship in college, they can get through high school, keep, this, keep a peaceful avenue of relationship with all parties involved because sometimes it could change you could be dating somebody else another two months your ex could be dating someone else mm -hmm. so initially come together and say listen we're not together but this is our end game and come together as a man I felt like if I'd have done that it would have even been better with the ladies in their relationships. The dynamics. Yes. Gotcha. Okay. Well, um, I thank you for coming today. I yes. learned a lot. Uh, you always, uh, Coach Daniel is the person that I call if I think that I'm doing something <laughs> that may not be right <laughs> in reference to my kids. Um, he has been uh, training my son since they were little. Troy is 15, yeah. and you've been training him since he was, I don't know, three or four years old. Um, so I thank you, Coach Daniel, for coming today and uh, I also give a lot of props to Wendy for putting up with you. How long have you guys been married? 16 years. 16 Going years. 16 years. And so all of your kids are done with high school. Yes. All of your kids. Last Christopher is going to be a junior. Well, let me say this. He's is his third year in college yeah. and he graduates this year. Mm. Wow. So he's leaving there. He's going to be a grad assistant at LSU. Nice. Because um, he's a manager. He's the head manager at University of Central. 
So even though your relationship was rocky at the beginning with the exes and all that stuff, the the mixing and the blending, today in 2020, we can say that it worked out pretty well. Oh, yes. I, I can tell you this, and this is why I'd say you got to be patient. Mistakes are going to happen. Don't be too critical on yourself or others because time is going to move. And just stay the course. Stay the course. Stay the course for kids. And as what I was saying was understanding the end game. The end game is that Troy Fullwood Jr. would get a academic athletic scholarship somewhere in this country and he's playing at the next level. So you keep that in mind, all this other little stuff. It was like I was telling a conversation to a young man the other day. I said, as gifted as you are, as much support you have, you got to think like this. And this is where I say spiritual when I first said about God. God will honor your heart. And he want, he'll honor you and give you anything in your heart. But you have to do the right thing, too. Mm-hmm. You have to get up at 6 o'clock in the morning. You, If you're not working 6 to 8 hours every day on your game when you don't have nothing to do, you're not trying to be a Division One player. It's just how the numbers work. However, the devil knows that, too. He knows your heart desires. So he'll put things in your place. He'll keep you up to 2, 3, 4 in the morning playing video games where you're sleeping till noon. And now... You won't make it. The distractions. The distractions, the cell phones, the extra. I used to tell my son, Jayberg, every year I said, girls ruin your game. Mm-hmm. Girls ruin your game. Girls ruin your game. Well, I said it so much, it got in his head. So girls never played a part because I wanted him to get a scholarship. Right. And he became the lead scorer. But the reason I was telling him that girls ruin your game wasn't because I didn't like girls. It was because I knew that once boys start indulging in girls, they ain't even thinking about academics. Right. They're thinking about the little girl. Girls are different. They can like boys, but they're going to get them books done, mm-hmm. and they're going to keep their focus. So you just got to kind of like stay the course and reference what you're doing. Okay. So I think today we, so thank you for your transparency today. And I think today we learned to just prioritize. We talked about expectations, about being open, about giving um, our mates or or even our ex-mates the respect and the space to just kind of stay the course and for people to kind of stay in their lane in reference to what the end game is, right? So always keeping in mind what the end game is. I remember I heard um, the pastor Monroe, uh, I forgot his first name, but uh, Pastor Monroe, he said, if God were to show you all the stuff that you have to go through to get to the end game, you would never go through it. Mm-hmm. So it's always, I, so I live that way, just kind of focus on what is the end game. And like you said, for my son is to, uh, you know, get an athletic academic scholarship for so that we don't have debt, so that we don't have debt, so that he doesn't have debt when he gets older. And that's, that's the objective that we have. A lot of parents that we have for our kids, we don't want them to finish college college with that yes um so that and i think it's something that we could even post in our homes uh whether it's a vision board or a sticky note on the mirror of the bathroom but just say hey this is at the end of the day this is the goal for us for us as a family so i want to thank you again next time um we will be talking about the relationship between moms and sons wow yes great great conversation yes there's a lot so i um i wanted to talk about that because i'm a mother of two boys and i grew up without my father and i'm an only child so i had to learn about manhood through my ex-husband pretty much 
and then I, now that we're divorced, we have a decent relationship, and I thank him for teaching me the things that he taught me, but I have also have been able to see that that is not the only way to parent either. So he, ta he taught me a lot of things, and I think sometimes as mothers, we don't necessarily do the right thing by our sons, and we're not good at setting boundaries and following through with the things that we're supposed to do for our kids. So that's the mm -hmm. conversation that we'll be having next time. <clears throat> you can get in contact with us uh, through Instagram or Facebook. At Instagram is uh, Viviana underscore A plus underscore life. Facebook is Life with Viviana. And I want to say thank you for our sponsors, um, Music Concierge by McCoy and A plus Academics. And we will see you next time. Thank you.